This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Groundhog Day, February 2nd, episode 2863. Good morning, horse people. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. So I have some really bad news for everybody. I know I wasn't here on Monday, but uh, I'm here oh, today. Bad news to start? I don't like it. <sighs> it is Groundhog Day. Y'all have heard the news already, probably, but Phil saw a shadow. So for all of you in the north and Jamie today, who's getting some winter weather, six more weeks, apparently, according to Phil. I hate that guy. I know. I think half the country wants to shoot Phil right about now. <laughs> Even if you aren't a hunter, you really want to shoot that groundhog. So, yeah. Just keep him inside. <laughs> I don't understand why if he sees his shadow at six more. If you think he, it would be the other way, logically. You know, it makes it, absolutely zero sense. This whole thing is nonsense. Okay, so we won't go with that. We'll say Phil is wrong and your winter's about over. You only have two more days left. And then, yeah. Except for that big storm growing, growing across the middle Two of the country. More <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. Dumping a foot of snow across the middle of the country. Let's forget that. Well, that's not there. Hey, I, I do have good news. Uh, and this, I'm not going to explain the whole story, but for, for longtime listeners, you know that uh, uh, Jennifer and I adopted a greyhound last year that really did not like to be alone. And, and uh, we named her Pickles and we had her for maybe five, six months. And we decided that she needed to go find a new home. I got a report today. Uh, oh, yeah? The lady posted that uh, that took pickles from us, posted on, our fa- on my Facebook page, this complete long report. She is apparently thriving. She's in a house with five other greyhounds. She's kind of, she's kind of uh, taken over to be the little celebrity there. And she is just happy as happy could be. So... Yay. She posted on there just to let me know that it was the right thing to do. She needed a pack. So, yeah, I'm so glad we did that. She she looked happy, saw a picture of her, uh, and that's kind of neat, you know, to, to to see a picture of her. But it, it was very thoughtful of this woman to post that on uh, post that on my Facebook page. And that's really well, nice. I love to get. I I know how it feels because I love the horse updates of horses I adopt out. And this is like a dog. Basically, you fostered her. You got her out. That's of the, what we did. Yeah, the foster care system gave her a home, and then figured out what she needed, and 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 found her at the right place. So good for you. Yay. Yeah. So very happy. I mean, what, what Greyhound wouldn't like being with, with five other Greyhounds, right? So, yeah. By the way. Bad. She just didn't didn't uh, appreciate the. She. Like she, you, you know, you're, you're an elderly couple living in a house alone, childless, <laughs> and you're old. And it just wasn't enough for her. No. She needed more stimulation. <laughs> and she's only two. So that was the other thing. She was pretty yeah. young. Yeah. So the other Greyhounds we have adopted in the past have been five or six. So there's a big difference, you know, yeah. uh, between that. So we're very, so I did have good news I wanted to share with you all today. Today, our Black Reigns guest is Jihad Ahmad, Ahmed, who is a deputy sheriff in Philadelphia, and he loves horses, and he's starting a nonprofit called Souls to Saddles. He's going to be with us today, and our Daily Dose Health Report, our doctor, 
our doctor dentist. Uh, he is Dr. Tucker, tells us about cavities in horses. And there's God, some there's weird more to news. Worry about, yes, Jesus. apparently. I didn't even know that either. Um, and Jennifer caught up with him about cavities and horses. And then there's some weird news in the world as well. So we're, we have all of that coming up in today's show. And uh, I have a little bit of announcement for the auditors in the post show as well. You're going to want to hang around for that. But first, as always. <laughs> We have a couple of auditor birthdays, uh, Pernilla Ekstrom Ripka, Alexis Wells, and Doreen Rose. Happy birthday to the three of you. Also, I have some new a new auditor, Colt Farrington. By the way, he said hi. He oh, said, you've been Facebook friends for a while, yes, I guess. Yes, he, he sends me videos of his horses and messages, and we've, we've chatted. So that's awesome. He's about damn time, Colt. <laughs> well, I got to say, Colt Farrington has to be the coolest guy name ever. Uh, dude, I, I literally wrote him back the first time because his name was Colt. <laughs> <laughs> Colt Farrington. And it just Chad sounds. Didn't let me name Lucas Colt, and I really wanted to. <laughs> that's just a guy's guy name. That's a cowboy name. You know, that's that's a really good name. And also increasing their pledge was Kayla Haynes. So thank you, Kayla, for increasing your auditor pledge. If you want to become an auditor, you can go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner in the upper right hand, and for as little as three dollars a month, you too can join the auditor party. Uh, there's a lot going on over in that Facebook group, that's for sure. It was like 20 Facebook groups, but there's a lot going on there. Um, my daily when he goes out to NPS, NPS is Norman Public Schools, Glenn, because um, not only, well, Nor- Norman Public Schools, and then Lucas goes to a private school, and, and, and let, let's give it to them. They, instead of waiting to see what happened, were proactive. We've got a winter storm that could or could not come. It was supposed to pour all last night, and it didn't. Uh, and everything was supposed to freeze over this morning, and it hasn't. Um, I know snow is coming. They say it's a hundred percent chance, and then I usually say a hundred. But I would like to give my daily winning out to the smart people at the Board of Education who decided to just let's go ahead and shut down school for the rest of the week. What? The rest of the week. They're like, we're going to go ahead and close Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. See you guys Monday. I'm sorry. What? Do what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I woke up this morning and Lucas goes, Mom, there's no snow. I'm like, yeah, I see that. That's <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So thank you to those really high up people who decided that going to school would be not a good idea. And it's literally just cold. <laughs> but whatever. I'm not like, I'm you're not sure bitter at all, are you? I'm sure it's coming. Great. <laughs> do, you, do kids today realize we had to sit by the radio? Right. Listening to the morning radio show as they went through the 50 schools in the county waiting to see if yours was called. And they just send an email blast out or post it on their Facebook page, which (laughs) is what Mike at school did. I mean, it used to be. And then you used to start at six o'clock in the morning listening to the radio, but it wasn't always in the first announcement. So you kept listening to the radio Mm -hmm. and every other school but yours would be called and you'd be pissed. And then you'd have to get dressed and ready to go. And then you'd listen to the next announcement. They do it every half hour. And the radio shows used to have to do that. It used to take 10 minutes to go through all the schools. Yeah, yeah I remember that. 
I was that guy. <laughs> yeah, we were we were always sitting there by the radio. Yes, please. They were school. They were school. Oh, oh they went it. past my alphabet. <laughs> exactly. It was alphabetical. That's exactly right. And then the city schools are all by numbers, so they just go through the numbers. Ah, those were the days. Anyway, oh, yeah. I listened to Monday's show, and uh, which I don't often do when I'm not here. But I listened back to Monday's show because I wanted to hear the story of your horse, and we're not going to go through it. Uh, if you missed the story of uh, Jamie picking up the horse over there in Arkansas, you're going to want to go back and listen Arkansas, to Arkansas, Mo- baby. <laughs> you're going to want to go back and listen to Monday's show. All I want to know is how's the how's your new horse doing, whose name is Julie or Jasper or... Jessica, what was the name again? Just stop. Uh, so <laughs> her name is Roulette Juliet. Julie, and we decided yes. to call her Julie or Juliet. I kind of sometimes call her too. Uh, so the thing was, there was potential. She had an injury. And so I had the vet out, my vet, Julie. Her name's Hake now, which is great. And I didn't realize this is hilarious. Julie, I also have a horse named Dave. My vet is married to another local vet. And guess what his name is? Dave. I totally <laughs> forgot. So, and of course, Julie and Dave are in love over the fence. So I keep sending photos of Julie and Dave hanging out with like red hearts around them. And she has not written back once. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep sending them. Um, so she came out and we had a lot of work done on Zeus. And uh, Zeus is now going to have to go get a muscle biopsy for uh, who? Dr. Zeus has to get a a muscle biopsy at the local hospital because they think potentially, and Dr. Wendy actually told me about this, he either has PSSM, um, because I had her come out, and I'm I'm skipping Julie until the end, uh, has she came out and, and watched me ride him because nothing I have done, Glenn. Okay, let's let's do the numbers here: saddle fit, corrective shoeing, chiropractic, acupuncture. Hawk injections, back injections, teeth floating, and saddle fit. I don't know. All right, that just added up to four thousand dollars. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, I was writing numbers down as you went. (laughs) So uh, he either has lower motor neuron disease because she watched me ride him, and he just he just pins his ears and and kicks his belly, and he buck he started he almost bucked me off the other day, and I was like, oh, that's not him. So it's still not going with the back injections. So either lower motor neuron disease. So he's got to go get um, a muscle biopsy for that. And and then I swear they just make this stuff up. Yeah, I know. I was like, (laughs) I I go, I go, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what that is. So look, we've been doing this show for 12 years and had a health report every Wednesday for 12 years. That's not one we've covered. Uh, no, write that down. Have Jennifer book somebody on lower motor neuron disease, okay? And and I said, I said, wait, I've never heard of that. What is that? She was like, well, it's. And she gives me some sciencey answer, and I was like, okay, let me stop you. Where's the motor? Like where? <laughs> yeah. Is the belt the broken? What, you know, does it need oil? Neuron? Where are all these things? And she was like, basically, it's like the nerves and all of his muscle fibers. And I was like, oh, that sounds substantial. Like awesome so uh, and i could be getting that wrong but it, again it was a lot of, i'm reading this from what i typed in as she's talking uh pssm uh and we also did an epm titer so i've got all these reports coming back but you know and then i've got to take him but then of course we're having this like potential snowstorm so i can't get him in until next week so i'll keep you guys posted on that then we brought out julie and um 
who at this point I haven't really handled aside from unloading her and leading her to her paddock. So I don't know how she's going to be. And I bring her out and she's scared of everything. Like she's just afraid of getting well, hit. Well, if you heard Monday's show, you'll know why. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got some medicine on the, where the halter was embedded into her jaw, you know, and like, it's just a mess. So, um, Turns out, uh, turns out the vet looks at her um, tendons. She was supposed to have some potential suspensory injury, and she couldn't find anything. Not oh, yay. a thing. Yay! So she was like, "I would say that you are cleared to put her to work," and because knowing that, yay! I know what I do is so slow. It's not, she's like, it's not like you're like you're going to get on her. I'm clearing you to jump four foot fences. I'm clearing you to start her you know, from where you typically start horses. So that's the good news. And so I started her yesterday. I put her in the round pen and I was like, oh my God, she's such a nice mover. She's so pretty. Oh, she's so pretty. But she is spicy. She's a scared, but really hot. Mr. Arkansas warned you that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, if only I'd have stuck around, I could have learned something from him, sweetheart. Uh, That's a reference to what the man said to me. You could really learn a lot around your sweetheart. I'm just going to start calling that. you sweetheart now. Oh, <laughs> oh. Like I said, just put the horse in the trailer. Just get the horse in the trailer. Just get the horse in the trailer. I'm so glad um, you weren't alone, by the way. Oh, my God. I just want to be like, listen, why don't you teach your horse to freaking lead? You don't have to put him on the second face and rip the head off. You can learn a lot of sweethearts. <laughs> But I'm, I'm over it As soon as I now. heard that. No, yeah, you're over it. Literally. <laughs> Just get the horse in the trailer. Just get the horse in the trailer. Just get the horse. So I get her home. She's awesome and she's really pretty and she's very sweet. And we brought her, we got her out yesterday and spent some time just like, I was like, I don't even know if I can like touch her legs. Did you know, she join up know. at all? And she did. Well, you know what? I feel like the horses that are abused, they will stop and they will come and look at you, but they have a really hard time mm. approaching you. So it no took, kidding. I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, right? They're like, hey, let's go to the person that's going to hit me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like that's, I kind of had to massage it a little bit and send her away a couple times to really get her to understand. And when she took just a couple steps towards me, I was like, okay, that's good. And then you walk out and you give them a rub. And then, then she followed me like no problem. And so what's weird is I was not weird. Pretty typical is I take her out of the round pin and I had taken her lead line off and hung it outside the gate. Well, Abby was with me and I'm walking her into the barn and Abby reached down and picked up the lead rope off the ground. And she saw that behind her and she freaking blasted forward. Like, Oh my God, don't hit my butt. You know, so she's obviously super head shy and also obviously super shy of somebody hitting her in the rear end. So we'll fix all that. I can the brain that this this is the the stuff that I thrive on. Like, I love reprogramming their brain to let them know that nobody's hey, nobody's going to say you must or I'll hurt you. Nobody's going to hurt you here. Nobody. Anyway. So this morning, I'm going to post a picture of it in our auditor's page. She wore her, clearly, her first blanket ever this morning. So I had to go and blanket everybody. And she was like, oh, God, that's a monster. How <laughs> much call for that in Arkansas, I guess. Well, <laughs> Nor does well, he own one. <laughs> there probably was a call for it, but she's just been cold. Um, so, yeah, she had never, ever seen a blanket. And I got it on her. And, and she's starting to trust me and starting to understand that it's not going to hurt. I did have to put a halter on her and... And spend some time with her. But yeah, so, so it's going to be fine. And uh, I'm really excited to get started with her. I'm going to take it super slow. She's not even, you know, 
calendar year three yet. So we'll take our time. Very good. Well, good. That's all. It's all good news on uh, that horse front. Uh, not so good news on, on Zeus front. Well, pending news on Zeus front, apparently. Well, the good so. news about Zeus is I've got a direction to go now. So that's good. <laughs> okay. Another direction yeah. to go. Chad's going, oh, my God, this horse. <laughs> He's hey. the one who told me to do it, actually, because I I started thinking, I was like, I, I just, I can't spend any more money on this horse. I can't do it anymore. This has probably been your most expensive horse you've ever owned, yeah. honestly. <laughs> well, at, at this point, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I'm like, I, I'm done. I'm like, I'm done. I'm just going to ride him and train him. And then he got really, really um, difficult the last ride. And I thought, I just can't do it anymore. I'm just going to turn him out. And Chad was like, oh, God, please. <laughs> He's like, this horse is going to live 15 more years, yeah. and I don't want him in my field for 15 years. That's how horse husbands think, by the way. And I was like, but if I take him in for, like, I was thinking, like, scintigraphy. Like, I'm going to do a bone scan on him and just see where he, he lights up. And he was like, how much is it? I said, it could be up to $2,000. And he's like, do it. <laughs> like, he was like, it's worth it to him to spend $2,000 on a bone scan. So he doesn't have to have that horse just standing there. Well, it's going to cost a lot more than $2,000 over 15 years. So he's exactly. right. <laughs> well, and I talked to Dr. Wendy and consulted with her a lot after the show on Monday or last Friday. Sorry. And uh, she said that sometimes, you know, the bone scans, when you we put them in, lots of things light up, but they might not actually be what the problem is. And so we talked a lot about the symptoms and she gave me some ideas. She's like, you know, hindgut ulcers. PSSM. Oh, by the way, he's also done 30 days of Gastroguard. So, you know. Oh, yeah, because that, that's cheap. <laughs> that's a cheap one, too. Uh, so she gave me those ideas. And then when the Julie came out, I, I told her about all of them. And, and she was like, yeah, okay, let's do tests for this, this, and this. So... <laughs> All right, great. Well, before we get to our first guest, it's Crappy List Wednesday time. So I have a crappy list for you. Now, I'm going to have you try and guess some of these. Okay. I saw this article that was, uh, it's appropriate. Is uh, is Farm Boy still work there? Still, still around? The cowboy? God bless him. Okay, good. God bless him. He hasn't quit yet? Kid. Okay, good. Because these are cowboy quotes uh, that some I've heard before and some I hadn't heard before and some apply to life and it kind of applies to, to some of your horses actually and some, some of the things going on in, in everybody's lives right now uh, so I saw this list and I thought I'll put a I'll put a link to the list in our show notes this one you you know the, a couple of these you can probably guess who did them think of famous old cowboys okay, okay. and then some are new, new cowboys uh, so this is uh, these two quotes are from the same one you know horses are smarter than people you never heard of a horse going broke betting on people. Is that John Wayne? <laughs> no. Uh, hold on. <laughs> and the second one from the same person was, whoever said a horse was dumb was dumb. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of old cowboys like Roy Rogers. That was close. That was Will Rogers. That Will was. Rogers. <laughs> I love the first one, though. I never heard that. You know, horses are smarter than people. You never heard of a horse going broke betting on people. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't like that one. <laughs> yeah, Will Rogers is the airport here, and so there's like statues of him all over Oklahoma. Oh, really? Oh, so guess there I would be. Got that right. <laughs> guess there would be. Um, this was an unknown, so you can't even guess it. It, it. Nobody knows who said it. Uh, never approach a bull from the front, a horse from the rear, or a fool from any direction. Amen, brother. 
<laughs> That's a good one for life, I think. Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. You can guess that when you That's already Ronald guessed Reagan, that. Ronald Reagan, isn't it? No, that was John Wayne. That was John, John Wayne. Wayne. Oh, God. <laughs> Courage is being scared to death. Your daddy would be so disappointed in you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I already said him. I didn't want to say somebody else, but I remember, <laughs> you know, Ronald Reagan was a, a big horse guy. So yeah, yeah, he was a big horse guy. Yep. Rode all the time, even while he's president. I actually was friends with uh, with Monty and Pat. Mm-hmm. Was, was, there's pictures of him being at the farm up there. I guess Ronald Reagan's farm wasn't actually too far from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the horse is a mirror to your soul, and sometimes you might not like what you see in the mirror. I feel like that's a Buck Brandon It is. Thing. Yes, look at you. Good job. Good job. That's a thoughtful one, though. Think about that one. When you're young and you fall off a horse, you may break something. When you're my age, you splatter. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to go with Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> that was a Roy Rogers quote, but uh, Queen Elizabeth could have said that, or anybody my age, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I love that quote. I need that hanging on my wall. Splatter. <laughs> May your belly, ne- this you can't guess, this is an unknown also. Uh, may your belly never grumble, may your heart never ache, may your horse never stumble, and may your cinch never break. That's kind of if you, you could, you could be, that could mean life, actually. It could be you, a t-shirt. Yeah, it I'm, could I'm be a t-shirt. A That's right. It could be a t-shirt. And then there's another unknown, the last one. When in doubt, let your horse do the thinking. And... I got to tell you, that's when I, this is, this quote applies to every endurance episode we've ever done. Because I asked Karen, when you're on the sides of those mountains in an endurance race in Tevis, and the path is a foot wide, and it's a thousand foot drop, I said, how do you not just freak out? And she said, you got to let the horse do the thinking. You can't think for the horse. You let the horse do the walking. You, You don't tell the horse what to do. The horse is not trying to die. So We used to trail ride in Tennessee. And we would go for about half an hour. And I would just have no idea where I was. And there were supposed to be signs and well marked and all this. And literally, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to let you figure it out. And within an hour or two, we were back. So I'd spend half an hour getting lost and three hours letting my horse figure out how to get home. Yep. <laughs> and they always, you always knew because they would like, you would turn on one way and they're like, oh, I don't think so. Don't go that way. No. I'm like, okay, the other way. Perfect. I told you how I learned to drive. We bought a, I bought a little pony at an auction for, at the New Holland auction. This pony was gone for meat, 90 bucks. And it turned out to be my life horse right there. And that pony taught me how to drive because I had no idea. Jennifer wasn't really a driver either. So every time I would do something wrong, the pony would throw its head and it would just throw its head. And, and sometimes the pony would stop and throw its head. And I'd go, well, I'm doing that wrong. And I would try something different. And when the pony stopped throwing its head and we had we communicated uh, that that was the right way to do it, then then the pony would continue. And but, in your pony's head, the throwing head was, idiot! Yeah. Idiot! <laughs> would you learn how to drive? And idiot! Now, the pony was Amish taught, so, you know, it was probably taught a certain way. But yet... I'll tell you what, I drove that pony in cities and in, through amusement parks and drives and everywhere under the sun. And that pony never took a wrong, a wrong, never bolted, never took a wrong turn. But that pony would tell me when I was doing something wrong. That was Piper, right? Yeah, it was Piper. It took me, 
almost a year to figure out how to back that pony up until I figured out what the magic sauce was. Because when I try all the usual things you do to back a horse up in a carriage, they didn't work. So they had taught that pony a different way. And uh, once I figured out, you tapped them just really lightly with the whip on the top of the butt, the pony backed right up. It took me almost a year to figure that out. And uh, in the meantime, she would just throw her head, throw her head. Throw her <laughs> so, so uh, you know, uh, here's a request. I have heard you talk about this pony forever, and I've never seen a picture. Can you find a picture? Yeah, I mean, that was pre-digital days, but I can probably take a picture of a picture hanging on the yeah. wall. You know, yeah, do, that. <laughs> do that. Do that. I'll post have to do that. I'll post that in the Facebook, uh, Facebook group. Because, yeah, that's a, po- that's a little pony that I had for – that pony lived to over 40, actually. Um, yeah, and I drove that pony till that pony was 35 years old and not a problem. But I mean, that pony just loved to go driving, especially in groups. We, we belonged to a carriage club and she loved to go out driving carriage club groups. Thought that was the greatest fun ever. And that pony loved to race. <laughs> this was our young and stupid days. Loved to race across the fields when Jennifer was riding the thoroughbreds. Uh, we would just, you know, take off because it was fun. And, uh, the pony did not want to lose to that thoroughbred. So th- I did some dumb things to him. Well, I've never done a dumb thing on a horse, so <laughs> you're all by yourself. Hey, Stateline Tech wanted me to announce that they're coming, going to a couple of places again. Yes, we're back in business. There's going to be vendors at horse shows. Horse World Expo is coming up March 3rd through the 6th in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I remember going to the first one of those when we lived up there. They're going to be there, and they said to look for them. They're going to be under the American flag booth 1901 to 1945. And if you know State Line Tech is at these shows because they have huge booths. So they're going to be there. They're also coming back to Land Rover uh, April 28th through May the 1st. And I am assuming they're going to be in their usual spot, which is usually right next to us where we're recording when we go to Land Rover. So that's in the old indoor arena where all the vendors are set up on the top level. They'll have the biggest booth there. So State Line Tack will be there. They said they're going to have deals on Gatsby, on Da Vinci, on Oak Brands, uh, also Khaki Brands. They're going to have all kinds of sales. They always do, and they have tons of merchandise. So save your pennies for State Line Tack. It's going to be at both uh, Horse World Expo in March and then at Land Rover in April. So take a look for them there. Next up is our health segment brought to you by Daily Dose Ink Coin. And Jennifer got to catch up with our dentist, Dr. Tucker. And I won the lottery. I managed to track down Dr. Jeff Tucker from the horsesadvocate.com. Dr. Tucker is, yes, a doctor. He's a veterinarian, but he's a specialist. All he does is horses' teeth. So I guess technically he's a doctor of veterinary medicine dentist. And uh, thanks for sitting still long enough for me to chat with you today. As long as you don't call me a tooth fairy, I'm all yours. (laughs) Do you pull out a lot of teeth? Do you you do all of that? No. I, I, I absolutely don't. In fact, I think pulling teeth is uh, uh, something of last resort in a horse. I think from the horse's point of view, the horse would probably agree. Uh-huh. And anyway. Anyway, this is a quiz question that you didn't know about, but it just popped into my head. Do horses, no. do horses ever get cavities? All the time. No. Yes. What do you, if you if what do you do? You can't put a fill or do you put a filling in there? Oh gosh, you're opening up a can of worms. Uh, <laughs> let's just go. Let's just go with it. Um, when I went to vet school back in 1980 uh, at that small 
place in upstate New York. I don't know if you ever heard of it, Cornell. Um, I had an interest in teeth and I never saw anything about cavities or fractured cheek teeth. It just didn't occur. And then suddenly I started to see them and I would get at least one, maybe two horses a week with fractured cheek teeth. And I'll never forget going to Glasgow, Scotland in 2002. And they started discussing these fractured cheek teeth and they were hunching their shoulders saying, we have no idea where fractured cheek teeth are coming from. And we're all at a loss, but it's usually the fourth cheek tooth back on the uppers. But I've seen it in every cheek tooth. They have six on the top and the bottom, left and right. So that's 24 cheek teeth. And I've seen every one of them fracture. So I started to like put two and two together and ask myself what's going on. And soon the uh, colleagues of mine who really took an interest in dentistry would examine the mouth with a light source and heavily sedated horse and jacked open. They would start measuring these things called pulp chambers. And if you remember that horse's teeth are not shark teeth, dog teeth, or human teeth. They're unique. And they have these canals that start at the chewing surface and go down into the root system. And there's about five of them, give or take, on every cheek tooth. And what they were noticing is these canals start to decay. They start to get deeper. They start to get soft. Uh, they start to coalesce. Um, they start to cause necrosis of the enamel. And on a lot of horses, I go in and I find that there's a, a depression in the chewing surface as probably the size of your finger. Your finger can actually fit in there, Ew. not all the way down, but, but you can just kind of feel it. And these horses, it, it's like a wedge going into a log. And uh, for all of you who've ever split wood for a fireplace, you take the wedge and you split it and it breaks apart. And what I'm finding is the tooth starts to fill with food material that starts to ferment. And if you catch it the right time, you'll actually see the tooth is bending. And, and it's just, it's like, um, uh, I don't, how do I say this? It doesn't just split. It just starts to bend off to the side. And then at one instant in time, it snaps off usually at the gum line. It can be above, it can be below, but it's usually right around the gum line. And you've got a fraction of the tooth, maybe a quarter of it, maybe half, maybe three quarters of the tooth that just breaks off and is held on by the gum. Ew. And we call, yeah, ooh. And what's interesting is most horses don't feel it because they just don't have the innervation of the tooth. It's been decaying for so long that the nerve has receded back into the tooth and you don't have a toothache. The horse is chewing, and it's an incidental finding on a routine dentistry exam. On the flip side, if that uh, cheek tooth, uh, the fracture goes off into the cheek, I've seen holes in the cheek from it wearing up and down. Uh, I've seen it go into the uh, tongue and have holes in the tongue. And some of these horses just start packing a lot of food, and they're obviously showing signs of discomfort, difficulty in chewing, yet they'll eat every meal. And I'll come in there and the smell that comes out of there is that sweet fermenting smell of uh, bacteria that's digesting the food in the mouth. It's like silage. And then I just you know, medicate the horse with some, a little bit of painkillers. I go in there and I 
and I place the um, um, forceps on the fracture piece and gently rock it out and file up the sharp edges. And the remaining tooth remains healthy. It's kind of amazing. Oh, so the whole tooth uh, isn't necessarily a goner, huh? You got it. Interesting. You got it. It's now here's another interesting thing. Um, I wish I had the, the documentation for this. Uh, I I got it on a good source out of a human book, but they said in 1932 uh, they were having a lot of cavities in children. And I think it was in Brooklyn. And the dentists uh, did a little bit of a survey and figured out that what was causing the decay was oatmeal. And they took oatmeal away from the children and the cavities basically stopped forming. So we kind of forget that inside the horse's mouth, there's approximately 700 to 1,200 individual uh, families of bacteria. And I'll never forget Texas A&M did a study where they just flushed out the horse's mouth. And through the technology that we have today, you can do DNA sequencing and identify which bacteria are actually living in your mouth. Another thought is, remember, what's inside your mouth is outside your body. If you think of it as a tube that starts at your lips and goes to your anus, whatever's in that tube does not belong in your body unless it's supposed to be there. So you absorb all the nutrients for food, but all the other stuff like the bacteria that's helping to digest the food shouldn't come across the, the barrier. Otherwise, you have an infection and you die. Well, these bacteria in the mouth are, are huge. And uh, they discovered, Texas A&M did, that if you give uh, one dose of, um, uh, I can't pronounce the word, phycoxibrib or whatever it's called, uh, you and I call it um, Prevacox or um, Equiox. One dose wiped out a whole family of bacteria. So you've got horses that are now on lots of drugs, medications of all sorts, whether it's anti-ulcer, anti-inflammatory, antibiotics. They're all affecting the gut microbes that exist in the mouth. And on top of that, we feed a lot of horses sugar, and those sugar will change the bacterial floor in the mouth. And I believe that's where these fractured teeth are coming from, these cavities. And uh, and the history says back in the 80s, it didn't exist. If you look at the old text, there was no fractured cheek teeth. Now it happens all the time. So on my website, thehorsesadvocate.com, uh, right on the topics page, if you go to teeth and oral cavities, you're going to see a lot of teeth, uh, cheek teeth fractures. I'm taking a look at it right now, and there are uh, pages upon pages where you can see these decayed teeth and pieces that have taken out in the various forms. Um, but it's not life-threatening to your horse. It just can cause pain. So I think that's a great place where you can start and uh, see some fractured teeth if you're interested. There we go. And it might not be life-threatening to your horse, but if his mouth hurts, it could be life-threatening to you. So check it out today. And here I am again, joined by Janet Geyer, who is the mad scientist behind Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds. And we're going to talk a little bit about roasting your horse's horse feed. That's right. The the ingredients that are non-GMO verified in the Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds sometimes are roasted. And I'm sure there's a reason for that. So, Janet, inform me. Well, thank you very much, Jen. Um, the reason that we flame roast is really twofold. 
One of them is uh, basically to increase digestibility because once you roast, it opens up the kernels and allows the product to be a whole lot more digestible so you actually get more for your money. The second reason is is that grain usually sits in a silo for a long period of time. And during this period of time, you have little creatures in there, you have little mice, you have insects, you have birds, you have droppings, you have bacteria and mold growing. And if it sits for a really long period of time in a humid environment, it can really grow a lot of mold. So by roasting it, you're actually killing off the mold and uh, killing off the bacteria and making a cleaner product. Does that change the moisture content or do you add moisture back into it again? Well, it actually lowers the moisture content, and we use this actually as a natural preservative. So moisture creates mold and bacteria to grow. If you don't have any of the spores there to grow, uh, you're not going to have any mold and bacteria. And by keeping the moisture low, uh, it's a natural preservative. So we don't have to add anything, no chemical uh, mold inhibitors in there. I like that idea a whole lot. So if you want to learn more, about the Daily Dose Equine non-GMO verified horse feeds. You can do that at dailydoseequine.com. And you can also find a local retailer to purchase your feed. Or you can go to chewy.com and order your horse feed for fast and convenient nationwide delivery. Thanks, Janet. Well, I do have an announcement for everybody, Horse Radio Network related, and that is that there's a new show coming, and I think that you science weenies, you health nerds are really going to be into this show. It's called the Sport Horse Podcast, and it's going to be a deep dive. It's not a comedy show. All right, so this is not comedy. This is a deep dive into health and safety topics in the, the horse world. I recorded the first one with them, and it's going to be a standalone show called the Sport Horse Podcast. It'll be on the Horse Radio Network app and in all the podcast players. It'll also be put out on the Horse Radio Network All Shows feed if you get that. So uh, look for this. If you're really into science, uh, this group is into science. That's what they do. So they're going to take, they'll have like one guest on each episode and it'll be an in-depth look at something and the science behind it. And I, I can tease a little bit here. The first episode is on water treadmills and the studies that have been done on water treadmills for horses. And they had a lady on that was absolutely fascinating. And by the way, this group is international. They're out of Europe, uh, Canada, and the United States. So it has kind of an international flavor flavor to it, and their guests will be international. But there isn't anybody in this group except for one that doesn't have a doctor in its name. So um, there's a bunch of doctors talking really sciencey stuff. So if you're into that, and I know I teased it a little bit in the auditor room, I know a lot of our people are really into that stuff. So I think you're really going to like this show. I do. I really think you're going to like cool. it. Cool. Yep. So that's the Sport Horse Podcast, and that's coming up. We're very excited. Our Black Reigns guest of the month is 49-year-old deputy sheriff from Philadelphia. He is also a weekly radio host, and his love and devotion to the community has led him to partner with organizations in the city of Philadelphia and give away over 20,000 boxes of food in the last two years to needy families in the community. But what we wanted to talk to him about was he bought his first horse in May of 2021, and it's led to starting an equestrian nonprofit called Souls to Saddles. And Jihad Ahmed, good morning. Thank you for joining us. 
Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys so very much for having me on this morning. So what led you, uh, you know, we get, we actually have a lot of listeners that start horses later in life, or their kids did, and then they decided after the kids got out to get a horse. What led you to go want to get a horse? Well, about 30 years ago, uh, my barber took me to, uh, we went to, for a trail ride over in Jersey, and I got hooked, man. I got the bug. I found myself going every weekend without him, and it was just a love you know, just going on these basic trail rides. So as I got older, I promised myself, I said, you know what? I'm going to buy a horse. So you got this horse. Where do you keep it in Philadelphia? Um, I'm up in the Roxborough area of uh, Philadelphia. Is there far, are you allowed to have horses there? Or? Yeah, I'm actually on, <laughs> uh, I'm actually on private land that uh, is designated for, for horses. It's oh, been wow. that way for the past 40, 50 years. Oh, that's cool. And does does yeah. th- does the police department there have a mounted unit in Philadelphia? I don't remember. The police department in Philadelphia actually has a mounted unit. I'm with the Philadelphia Sheriff's Office. We don't have a mounted unit. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So what have you learned since getting the horse in May? What has what has the horse taught you? Well, basically, the, the horse has told me, to, has taught me how to become one within myself, how to become how to be relaxed um, within my faith. We're taught, you know, like things that we should teach our children, such as archery, um, swimming and horsemanship. This is one of the things of my faith that we were, we were taught that we should teach our children. So for me, it, it fell right into place for me. Is it hard? I mean, you have a stressful job, right? I mean, you're, and you're dealing yes. and, and your job is, is not pleasant a lot of times. So is right. it hard to go from one to the other? Uh, is it hard it to is. decompress when you get to the barn is my question, I guess. No, not at all. I look okay. forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> I look forward to it. Do you think? Because with- what, I, what, what, what I do here, I do self-care. The place where I'm at, I, play, I pay a certain amount for rent, but I have to be every day. I have to clean a hoofs. I have to clean the stall. I got to feed her. I got to let her out, even in the snow and the rain. So do you think that every uh, somebody with a job like yours, every I, I believe this, and I think horses are, are a way to do this for some people like it is for you, uh, that they need you need that in your life or you don't have balance? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement to that, that I think that people do need this. Uh, especially here in the African-American community, whereas though we have so much violence, the violence here in the city of Philadelphia, all across the country, but seeing that I'm here in Philadelphia is where I see it, and I see it from a law enforcement point of view. I think what you need, you need to be able to connect the children here, the youth, to the horses. And there are many programs here in the city of Philadelphia uh, that offer programs uh, for uh, the youth uh, and therapeutic programs with horses for children. There's an organization here in Philadelphia, Pura. They, they, they offer the same exact thing. So why did you, why did you think it was important to start Souls to Saddles, and what's your goal with that? I wanted to be able to take Souls to Saddles and be able to introduce it to, as I said, the, the youth here in Philadelphia. I want them to be able to learn that experience of being able to 
take care of a horse, touch a horse, feel a horse, ride a horse, know what it feels like to be responsible for someone other than yourself. Is it hard to convince them to want to do it, to try it? No, not at all. I think I have my two younger sons. One of them has a crazy fear for animals, but it was something about the horse, him getting on the horse and experiencing that horse that changed his whole life. Now he loves horses. He wants to be on a horse. How old is he? He's 10 years old. Oh, good. Yay. Start him young. (laughs) <laughs> Start him young. Yes, yes, yes. There are future listeners too, by the way. So, um, yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> so now, do you, with your uh, with souls to saddles, do you hope to get more horses and and add to the program? Is that the goal? I definitely do. I hope to get more. I have a wonderful, beautiful partnership with the organization of Pura and um, the Concrete Cowgirl here in Philadelphia. Yeah, we've had them been... on the show in the past. Hey, yeah. She's the best. She has the, the concrete cowgirl and the concrete cowboy have been an inspiration for every single thing that I'm doing as it relates to giving back to the community with horses. And by the way, I, I must in, uh, include this. I call the concrete cowgirl every day. We talk four to five times a day. And I'm asking her questions about saddles and grooming and this horse and that horse. So she's definitely been an inspiration in my life as it relates to horses. She hasn't hung up on you yet? Uh, <laughs> no, but she says she's going to start. She said that she's going to start charging me. <laughs> <laughs> For all the free advice she, she's given out. I love these programs. You know, we've said since we started this show 12 years ago that we need to get more kids involved and we need, you know, and it, horses are, are, as you said, are the perfect outlet for that. But I'm going to get in big trouble for my listeners if I don't ask about the horse you bought. What did you end up with for your first horse? I got a mare. Uh, At the time she was 10 years old. At least that's what they told me uh, at the auction where I got her from. And she's been good. And I'll, I'll share this, this very quick story with you. Um, some type of way she had got this really bad scar on her leg and I didn't know what to do. So I called the concrete cowgirl. I'm like, she's got this scar and I was devastated. I thought it was the end of me and my horse for a month. I had to go up there and change the bandages on the horse and, and put a uh, certain um, medicine on it. And that, that was quite frightening for me. I never had to do this before in my life. I, I, I didn't know what to do, but I learned I learned what to do. It was on-the-job training. Well, that's how most of us, I you know, learn with horses at whatever age, right? It doesn't matter how old you are. Yes. That's how, it's, and and yes. you're going to keep – we've been doing this show for 3,000 episodes, and we're still learning stuff, you know? So it, it's going to be a constant learning thing, which is one of the fun things about horses, too, is we're always learning from them. Yep. I've learned a great deal from mine. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your horse's name? Lady. Lady. Okay, cool. Lady, yeah, 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 yeah. So when does number two come? Hey, it's funny that you mentioned that. I just made a down payment on a pony that I'm getting um, from a friend of mine in Delaware. I've made the first deposit, and I'm hoping around uh, April or March to go pick them up. It's a little small pony, and I plan on using that for the the therapeutic programs, uh, taking the pony to um, daycares and senior citizens' homes. His name is Midnight, but I'm going to change his name to either Bubba or Sinatra. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that. I'm, I'm a fan of Frank Sinatra. What can I say? <laughs> and you listen to the show, so you know I ha- I own ponies, and I love ponies. So <laughs> I didn't picture you a fan of Frank Sinatra, though. I didn't. That, I didn't peg that one. <laughs> so you're the only one that drives around with the police car with Frank Sinatra gone in that city. I guarantee you. <laughs> so where do? Uh, so when do you hope to have Souls the Saddles up and running? Well, we just completed the paperwork for the nonprofit. Uh, we got one more, uh, the, uh, the bylaws to straight, straighten out. Um, I'm hoping in the next 90 days, maybe f- next five months, man. Good. I- I'm ready. I got my logo done. I got uh, just opened up the bank account. Got a little debit card going so far, and people are giving me little donations to help me, you know, get little certain items that I need. Very good. Well, we're we're. I, I am. I also wanted to thank you. Uh, you know, on behalf of the horse community for helping bring horses to more people. We need that to happen. Uh, you know, we need it to happen. You know, inner cities. We need it to happen everywhere. Actually, um, you know, yes. beca- because there's so there's. You know, we're we're losing young people in in all the disciplines. They're just you know they'd rather play video games. So it's. Uh, yeah. So anybody like you out there that can do this and really takes it on, I, I, we really appreciate it as a community. It's going to be good for all of us. And Glenn, um, I'm, I'll tell you, I, I went all in last year this time. I went out and my my van was paid for. And, and my friend, he told me, said, if you're going to be in the horse business, you're going to need a pickup truck. Well, I traded in my van, my min, my soccer van, and I bought a brand new pickup truck. Three months later, I was able to get my um, get my very own trailer. Good for you! Horse. All of this happened <laughs> all in one year, man. Good all for you! I saw pictures of your trailer. You got a nice trailer too. I- I'm broke now too. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to the horse world. <laughs> You're gonna be broke forever. I got news for you. <laughs> you got that right. That's you never gonna that change. Right. Hey, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. Have a great day. And we also want to thank Black Reigns for setting for you know asking you to come on the show. Black Reigns Magazine. They're our partner in this once a month segment, uh, the first Wednesday of every month, and uh, we appreciate them over there. Go go check out Black Reigns Magazine today. Just Google it. You'll find it. Uh, and we appreciate all of their support. Well, American Harvest's newest product for horses, equine hemp pellets, are vet-formulated and produced from natural hemp. The palatable pelleted formula is manufactured with potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the benefits. The CBD pellets can help your horse recover faster after a show, get relief from inflammation, reduces nerves, and ease the digestion. If you prefer the liquid, if you like the drops, then they also have those, the premium hemp extract, which provides CBD. CBD from, from the hemp extract, and they come in little bottles, and they're THC-free. Look for the full line of American Harvest products at your local equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store.alltech.com. That's store.alltech.com, and if you go over to their website right now at American Harvest Products, you're going to find a place to sign up to have the chance to win a 90-day supply. So head on over there today. But now it's time, apparently... In the time I've been gone, weird news still happens. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yes, that's right. It's that time of the week. And unfortunately, the weird people still keep making the news. I hold on one second. I can't help you right now. I got to do the radio show. So I'll deal with it in a little bit. Okay. 
It's gay. No. <laughs> Apparently, Lucas accidentally bought something on his iPad. Oh, there you go. He doesn't know. Was if it four thousand dollars? Or was it four thousand dollars, or was it like two ninety nine? He said, hoping $2.99. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. We've now made it content on the radio show, so now Glenn has to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a business uh, expense. <laughs> expense that. Oh, no, you're still in trouble. Like, for real. Like, we're gonna, we'll deal with this later. <laughs> I know. You Every parent to. out there is now relating to this whole conversation. We'll deal. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, it's like the, the time when I got a email from Groupon and it was like, you, congratulations, you, by, you know, $200 worth of uh, gift cards to a barbecue restaurant. You could have like, sent them over to me. I'd have loved that. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I called them. They were like, this happens all the time. It's fine. <laughs> and then, then they showed me how to password protect Groupon. Uh, anyway, so weird news. Yeah, let's get back to that. Um, now I'm currently wondering how much I was just charged for some ridiculous stupid <laughs> kids game. Uh, so weird news. Yes, they were submitted by, let's see, we've got stories from Ina, Sarah, Danielle, Laureen, Laura, Clark, Mary, and April. All of them in the past two weeks have sent me weird news stories because they were reading the news and they thought, that's weird. And they were like, mm, I'm going to email it to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. And then they got it done. So uh, I, I, I can't get to all of them, but I want I want to tell you one of the most uh, dangerous type of human, I think, is a hangry human. Would you agree, Glenn? Yes, especially men. I think men really are. Well, there we was a, a lot reputation of angry people that. apparently yeah. at the Golden Corral in Pennsylvania. Because Golden uh, Corral's still open. <laughs> That's the first thing. Yes. I guess so. They have them in Oklahoma as well and Norman. Uh, so uh, there, apparently there was a, like a line for the steak. And there was like a huge, like huge line. Well, there were, no, there was two people waiting in line for the steak, but one of them cut in front of the other person allegedly and started being picky and finicky about the steaks and taking too long. And then this is according to a Dylan Becker, who is a former employee that heard from his friend, a current employee at this Golden Corral, that um, the fight started over steak. Somebody cut in front, started being picky and finicky about the steaks, and this if if. Does Pennsylvania have any southern accents? Because no. I just feel like I should read this. Pennsylvania Dutch, usually, if you're depending where yeah. they're from. I yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then taking too long, and then somebody else spoke up and said something, and I guess the other party didn't like it, and then it just turned into an all-out brawl. Um, yes, it has been confirmed by multiple people that this the fight started out over steak. Um, however, how 40 people got involved in this brawl at the Golden Corral over running out. So, like, the next person finally gets there. They're like, sorry, ma'am, we're all out. And um, There's so, so many cliches in all of this. It's so bad. <laughs> and the Becker guy goes, my friend, she's in the video trying to break it up. And she told me she got hit by a table. Oh, my God. <laughs> people were throwing tables at 40 people. I was picturing when you started, I thought it was just going to be a food fight, but no, uh, no, no. <laughs> it's a fight it's fight. It's an all out brawl at where else would you think? Golden, Golden Corral. Corral. But it sounds like Oops, it should be Southern. Not it, do, it does sound like it should be Georgia, if, you, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yep. Or Arkansas. 
Uh, send your hate mail to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. It's okay. We're going to head to the south now because we're going to head to Texas. All right. So this uh, Rebecca Taylor is is in jail uh, because the, in Crockett, Texas, which is near Houston, and I think April sent this one to me, and she's like, this is literally right down the street. <laughs> um there were two women in the self-checkout line, and there was a mother with her brand-new baby and a one-year-old baby. And the the Rebecca Taylor walks up and said, Well, your son's hair is so blonde and his eyes are so blue. How much you want for him? What? And that's what the mom said. <laughs> that's, you're hilarious. Like, that's great. I'll give you $250,000 for him. What? Uh, do what? Like, you want to buy my baby? So she's like, they're in the store. And apparently there's another woman that comes up with a woman who's trying to buy the baby. And so uh, this lady is aggressively trying to buy this lady's baby in the checkout line at Walmart. Okay, so let's avoid Walmarts and Golden Corral people <laughs> because apparently it happened so much that the, the, the two people that were trying to buy the baby walked outside. And so the mom like called the police and she's like, her. Um, so there's this lady that is trying to buy my baby and said to me, here's the quote. Well, this happens outside, actually. Let me let me not get ahead of myself. Calls the police. There's somebody trying to buy my baby. This is weird. I'm uncomfortable. But she goes out to her car. She's like, I'm just going to leave. Well, she gets out to her car and the lady is in the parking lot waiting for her. Mm. The mom gets out to the parking lot. Taylor pressed the issue further and yelled at the mom. If $250,000 ain't enough, I'll give you 500,000. I got it in my car because she, because I want him and I'm going to take him. I hope he ran. She ran back into the store. (laughs) So um, they had parked their black SUV right next to the mom's vehicle. The mom locked the kids in the car and she's still like trying to stand off with this lady's trying to buy her baby. And she finally veers off while they ended up. The police came and they watched all of the surveillance videos and they're like, yep, that actually happened. And so now she's in jail and is on uh, $550,000. We'll we'll bond her out of there. Well, she has in the car. Right? She's got the cash in the car. You know what? I want that baby, and I'm going to take that baby. Oh, that's somebody scary, said that though. to me when Lucas was a baby. Oh, you Oh, really? <laughs> you going to take my baby? Hold on. Somebody, hey, you come over here and hold this baby real quick. i got to beat somebody up. <laughs> God, wow, scary for that woman. Though. That's terrifying. Yeah, that got, All right, let's move on. That's creepy. Yeah. I'm going to lighten the mood here a little right. bit. I had to do it because it was a local to one of our listeners. Um <laughs> So you've seen the movie. What's the movie where they have the weekend at Bernie's? Oh, the you dead know, guy. Where yeah. They, yeah. It, it's Andrew McCarthy. Yes. And then they carry him around guy. for like weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they had, that's like, they were trying to, you know, hang out at his place on yeah. the beach or something. Well, um, and let's see, this is in Ireland. Um, there was a, a guy who, was taken into the post office. So in the post office is where you pick up your pension check. So man walks into the check to the, to the post office and says, uh, my friend here, he's not feeling real good. Can we get his pension form? Uh, no, no, we don't. He, he needs to ask for it himself. Wait a second. Is that guy dead? Uh, he was alive when we left the house. We don't know what happened. Oh, my God. 
mind you, I can't do an Irish accent, so I'm thinking Southern as well. Um, yeah, so these two guys carried their friend, their dead friend, into the post office to collect his pension check. And now they're saying there's no foul play. We don't know what happened. Oh, so they didn't kill the guy to get the pension check. He had just died? He just died. His friend died. They said uh, he probably died in the post office. That's probably what happened. He just died right now because he was. So they're checking all the surveillance videos to see if you have some really creepy stories today. (laughs) It was just it was worth it. (laughs) That is a weekend at Bernie's. So that's the whole movie right there. Yeah. Like you you remember they put the string on him and they pulled the string up and made him wave. (laughs) Hey. How long ago that movie? That would be 30 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have another? I have one more. All right. right, So um, sometimes your pets are trying to tell you something, really, to be honest. Uh, There was a, this is in England. Millie, a former rescue dog, slipped her collar and went missing on Thursday while out for a walk in Hampshire, South England. Alerted by the worried owner, the volunteer organization Denmead Drone Search and Rescue set up a drone to track Millie. Well, they covered a long distance and they found the dog stranded on these mud flats that can flood in high tides. And Millie is a Jack Russell Whippet cross. But they couldn't quite get close to Millie because Millie was very scared. So they had the drones and they, they people, they got, they got on their like kayaks and on foot trying to hike out. And Millie was having no part of it. Millie's like, y'all are monsters and I'm going to run away from you. So because she was so spooked, nobody could get her and it risked pushing her even further away and into danger. So on Sunday, one of the volunteers had an idea. This is genius. Here's what we should do. I'm going to cook up some sausages and then we're going to tie some strings to the drones and we're going to fly the drone with the sausage over to Millie and get her to follow the sausage at, out of the mudflats. Well, guess what? Did it work? It worked. No kidding. She actually got a hold of half of one of the sausages and ate it real quick, but then followed the rest out. Just in the world of the dog is trying to tell you something or everybody else something, she got it, cut her out. And she's on safe ground. And they're like, oh, thank God we got her. Nope. She takes off again. She wants no part of her owner. She runs away. They found her three days later in an industrial estate where she finally was captured and reunited with her owner. You know what? Is is that horse related or is that dog related to Zeus? No, Zeus doesn't run away. Oh, that's right. He, he goes right wants- to the feed room. That's right. <laughs> And destroys things. Um, so, yeah, I feel like Millie is trying to tell the community that maybe I don't. Don't please don't make me go home. Yeah, there. no, well, I please don't live there anymore. But how funny is it? She followed the sausage out and it almost worked, except for Millie was. Yeah, I'm not done yet. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm glad you ended on that one. Some of those other stories were like, whoa. Weekend of Bernie's, buying babies, <laughs> fights at Golden Corral. Uh, anytime yeah. you can involve Golden Corral and Walmart in one weird news section, like, come on. That's you know what? Though? I'm proud of Florida wasn't in there at all this time. Oh, my right. God. Hold on. Let me Google it. Me see. <laughs> I got to end on it. All right, auditors, hang on. We'll have a post show for you here today. I have a bit of an announcement. And uh, that's it. We're going to call it a day tomorrow. 
Uh, here uh, we're going to be having the second edition of the Sidelines magazine, and they had some great guests actually pre-recorded that yesterday, so that'll be coming out tomorrow, the Sidelines episode. It comes out first Thursday of every month, and then we'll have our first really bad ads of the month on Friday, so get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. And we'll talk to y'all later in the week. All right, everybody, spay, neuter, and gelt. So we have some news here from the personal front uh, in Ocala. And remember, everybody was online trying to guess what you got your wife for Christmas. So oh, were they? I didn't feel. see that. Yes. Yeah. Everybody's trying so, to guess. And most people thought you got her a car or a horse. Neither of those. So, um, yeah. So I was out on Monday and part, uh, that I, I got a lot of messages because people thought I was, you know, well, I'm still not over this uh, thing I've got going, going to the doctor again tomorrow. But it wasn't that reason I was out on Monday. And uh, I got these cryptic messages. They didn't say why you were out. So apparently when you don't say why I'm out, then people really get worried that I'm dying. I actually so. said I didn't know. We did say, but and, and I can remember and then neither could Lisa. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why he's not here, but he's just not. We couldn't announce this earlier because we, we, we actually haven't told our landlords yet. We're telling them tonight they weren't home, so we, we have to tell them. But uh, we're going to be moving, and it's very sad for us. It's kind of bittersweet, actually. Um, so we decided that I'm almost 60 this year, and with everything that's happened in the last year with my health and everything, that we, we needed to start to get responsible which was a hard thing to come to grips with um, and actually buy a house so that we could, uh, you know, have it paid off by the time we retire. So, uh, and we wanted, we should have done this about three or four years ago, but to be honest, we just love living where we live. It's a little corner of paradise. uh, And we can't afford a farm here in Ocala right now because they're like a million dollars for two acres. Uh, It's just ridiculous. And the farms we did find that we could sort of afford, um, by the way, getting a loan when you're self-employed is almost impossible too. So anybody self-employed knows that. Uh, So we uh, looked at farms that were outside of Ocala, like even an hour outside of Ocala. But the problem is they had no internet. Once you get out of Ocala, the internet's non-existent. You know about that. So where you lived before. So, and we have to have internet or we can't do our jobs. So we actually bought a house in a little community. Um, it's south of town. It's We're north of town now. It's south of town. And we're going to be boarding for the first time in a while. So this is very mixed for Jennifer. She uh, has very mixed feelings. However, we did find a nice boarding facility that's right on the Florida Greenway, which we've talked to before. You literally go out the back of the boarding facility and it's a private, it's not a publicized boarding facility. And thank you, the listener knows they are, one of our listeners, I think it's an auditor too, uh, recommended the place and recommended us. And that's the only reason we got in there. So Scooter's going to love it because he's going to love to have more horses around and people around and things there. And it's a beautiful place. It's right on the Greenway. You literally, the trail goes out to the Greenway, which goes a thousand miles either direction on trails. And those are the trails Jennifer loves to ride on. Uh, Wide enough for the carriage. I can take the carriage. And it's literally a quarter mile from the Florida Horse Park. So it's where we take the carriage all the time over there. And the bike trails are there. It's all right there. But it's going to be a tough one for Jennifer for that transition. Uh, it's only 10 minutes from the house though. So I suspect I'm not going to be seeing her every morning. 
uh, you know, at daylight, yeah, she's going to, she's going <laughs> to be she's out gone. at the barn this for a while. So, I think healthy for you guys though. You know, we've been renting. A lot of people think we owned where we do. We, we didn't, we rented here for eight years. And the reason we've stayed is it's beautiful. You know, it's really nice. And your horses are home yeah, and your but, landlords are good, but yeah, yeah, it's time to grow up. Yeah, it was time to grow up and it was time to start thinking about the future. And we couldn't afford, you know, just the prices around here everywhere, but around here, especially for little farms that are like the one we're living on now, you're looking 700 to a million. Uh, and there were no way they were giving us self-employed uh, podcast owners that loan. So we weren't, you know, we went through two months of uh, back and forth and documents to get this done. And we didn't really tell anybody about it because we weren't even sure we'd be approved. Uh, we were. By the way, the approval came through three days before closing, which was Monday, which is why I was out. Uh, so, And the reason that it's a Valentine's present is the house is red. It's, oh, look so, at you. There you go. So Red it's a house, cute, is it brick or is it just No, it, it, actually it's concrete block and they put uh, uh, red siding on it and it looks really cute. It's And it has two perfect palm trees in the front yard and the backyard's completely privacy fenced. And the people that lived there before, uh, it was an 80-year-old Puerto Rican couple. And the backyard looked like a jungle. They had banana trees back there. They had hot peppers growing everywhere. Uh, and we saw the backyard first and walked in and said, I love this backyard. So, And I've been gardening lately, so I'm looking forward to doing that, too, uh, in the backyard. It's just this quirky backyard that just was like a little oasis in the middle of a neighborhood. Uh, but the cool thing is fiber internet for the first time in my life. Uh, so I will have a really good internet connection. And we can see the cell tower for the first time in our lives. We're going to have five bars on our phone. Uh, right now, we have to go out in the front porch to make a phone call. So, yeah, so it's very bittersweet because we love where You're we live. You're basically living like a homeless person. Oh, my <laughs> God. And we, the nice part is, because I can't lift anything for another two or three weeks because it's stupid hernia, uh, we have two months to move, or at least isn't up here for two months, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to move the middle of March. And the house needs some work, needs some painting done and all that. So we're going to go over and do that. It has this quirky thing. And you, you're not old enough to appreciate this, but some of the listeners will appreciate this. When I was growing up in the 70s, there were houses built in the 70s, and for some reason this was a thing. They put one of the walls in the living room from floor to ceiling, end to end, they made a mirror. Oh, my God. So this house has a wall in the living room that's floor to ceiling, end to end, is a mirror. Now... You get that put in now, it's going to cost you like $12,000 because it's three panes of glass. And we looked at that and said, we got to do something with that. But our choice was we either hang curtains over it or we try and take it off the wall. And I talked to the lady, this sweet Puerto Rican lady, who said, we got a quote for that. It was $2,000 to take it off the wall because they're glued on. These huge panes of glass are glued on. And... The other thing was, I didn't really want the first day to be in the new house breaking a mirror into 10,000 shards to get it off the wall. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hang curtains in front of the mirror. <laughs> I have a better idea. <laughs> yeah? What's that? You have these ginormous mirrors, and you live in Ocala, Florida. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people would pay to have those mirrors taken down if they could have them and put them in their arena? But apparently the problem is you can't get them off in one piece because they're glued onto the wall. Well, offer that up to somebody. 
You can get it. It's yours. <laughs> yeah, we thought about taking them off. It's like, I really don't want that bad juju. We'll leave that for the next homeowner. We're just going to get some curtains and hang them up there and hide the mirror. Because I really don't want to look at myself that much first thing in the morning either, to be honest. So these people didn't put the mirrors there. No. And she said they hated the mirrors. They, you know, they didn't cover them up. They had enough furniture in there to last a lifetime. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, she said they never liked the mirrors either. It was built in the house, and I had a friend in the 70s whose house was built with mirrors in the wall like that. Yeah. So if any of you live in a house with mirrors on the wall like that, I want to know what you did. Or bought a house with mirrors on the wall. I want to know what you did. Let me know. Send me a message privately. <laughs> I mean, at least that's less creepy than mirrors on the floor. Or the ceiling of the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> But on the floor, be like, come on in, ladies. Put your dress on. Because like, I mean, back in that day, it's like everybody wore dresses. <laughs> so we're going to have some moving to do and some things to do and some new th- – we'll have stories from being boarders now. So all the people out there boarding can relate. We'll have uh, relatable stories, I'm sure. Wow, because they're usually positive and happy. Everything goes well. <laughs> boarding works out awesome when you've had horses at your home forever. Yeah, we're going to find out how that goes. Now, this is not necessarily permanent, but at least we're building equity. And you know, and we want to travel. And that was the other thing. We still do want to travel. We're st- oh, That's something I need to talk to you about. It's a good time to come out and visit you guys out there and take the camper for two to three weeks. And boarding, we don't have to worry about that. You know, We can just go. So Yeah. So that it, we do want to do a lot more traveling. We really enjoyed last year. So that's that's going to be happening too. So there you go. That's our our big news. That's cool. the Valentine. Well, congratulations. That's the Valentine's present. It is red. I think it counts. So it's about time you you know <laughs> you have. It's only took you a few years to get to where you're like, yeah. let's buy a house. But I mean, you're happy with the area. You're happy with the situation. You're happy with all the things you need in it. And now your wife gets to leave and go to mess with the horses. And, and for the uh, first time in 20 years, we can get pizza delivered. <gasps> oh, my God. That's totally worth it right there. <laughs> and there's a grocery store that's literally half a mile from the house. So, yes, it won't take me two hours to go grocery shopping anymore. So That's there are amazing. some positives, there's some negatives, like anything in life, and uh, we, you know, we're just choosing to be responsible, I guess. So there well, you go. I'm very proud of you. Congratulations. That's this amazing. was a tough one for us. It really was. It still is, actually. You know, it's still kind of bittersweet. But uh, I think things are supposed to happen for a reason, and we'll find out what that reason is eventually. So, uh, so anybody visiting us in Ocala is going to have to come to a new location. Well, and maybe they'll have a proper bedroom. Uh, yes, there is one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. You're such a big boy. There is one of those. And you can, you can uh, if you have horses, you can go trail riding with Jennifer on, on the most beautiful trails in Florida. So there's that. Awesome. Well, congratulations. I know it was a, a lot of stress and a big burden. And we've been talking about this for, it seems like, months to get this done. So it's a good thing. It's good, you know. Yeah, like we said at the beginning of the show, you two are an elderly couple. And that's right. That's right. We have to. Farm. I'm going to be 60 in, in two months. That's what I'm saying. I know. <laughs> hey, I also wanted to mention to the auditors you want to go listen to episode 200 of Horsemanship Radio because apparently Jamie and Monty were on it. So, oh, uh, yeah, that's right. We, I haven't, so I did that two, uh, basically two hour interview with Monty uh, talking about. And we played up two Fridays. Well, this was a separate thing that we did, and she just asked us horse training stuff. So, uh, pretty, pretty. I, I want to actually go back and listen to that. And I don't ever listen to me. <laughs> yeah, that's episode. I'm 200. me all the time. Yeah, I know. But I yeah, don't. congrats on two hundred. Yeah, congrats to Debbie. All right, thanks everybody. Take care, and 
We'll talk to you on Friday. All right.